0: Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome again to the Ask LFC podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm the worship arts director here at Lake Forest Huntersville. Sitting down today with
1: Jeff Cook, community pastor.
0: Jeff Cook, community pastor. Well, hey, we um we're not going to delay too long today. We're going to kind of get ready to get right into it. We have uh calling in on our special sponsored guest line that has no sponsor. We have a special guest calling in today, a longtime friend uh, Jeff, Jeff, tell us who we're uh, hanging with today.
1: Uh, so we're going to be talking to Josiah Haken, who is the CEO of City Relief, uh, which is uh, a multi-million-dollar international mission organization.
0: Wow, that sounds fancy.
1: It's all true, too.
0: Well, I'm excited. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get right to it. We oh. have. Oh, go ahead.
1: And he's an author.
0: <clears throat> I missed Ooh. that. Wow. So yeah, that isn't. I thought
1: that's why I
2: was here, Jeff. Come on. <laughs>
0: Well, I am I am already impressed. Uh welcome. Hey Josiah, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for hanging with us.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure. I, anytime I get a chance to hang out with Jeff is is a is a joy. <laughs> I I wish I I wish we could do it more, but yeah, you know, I'll take what I can get.
0: So let's let's start this way, Josiah, as we're kinda um getting to know you a little bit here. Uh so where uh, where are you located, and and what is uh what is this ministry that you are the the CEO of? What do you guys do?
2: Oh man, so I am currently in Elizabeth, New Jersey, um, which is sort of technically in the uh, Newark uh, suburbs or of sorts um, of New Jersey, which is technically part of the uh, New York City metro area. So New York City is obviously fairly fairly substantive. And so as you branch out from the city, uh, the people just keep pouring in as you branch out. So uh, we run a nonprofit uh, here called City Relief, where uh, we go uh, into the streets of New York, Patterson, New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey. Um, We identify communities that have large populations of men and women who are experiencing homelessness. And we create pop-up Uh, resource centers for those individuals, where uh, we bring volunteers from all around the country, all around the world to come serve alongside of us, um, where we offer a a fresh meal, uh, toiletries, new socks, um, and connections, most importantly, to resources in the area uh, where they can get help and hopefully off the street altogether. Because um, our founder, uh, many years ago in 1989, when this vision was kind of birthed in his mind, um, he was reading Isaiah 58, uh, in the scriptures and it says, "Is not this, the fasting I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, set the oppressed free, break every yoke is not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes on to, to make a bunch of promises about what God will do when you do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and our founder had this vision of taking a bus that was retrofitted and customized sort of as a food truck, um, to people who are hungry. Uh, with the goal of giving them love and community um, and then connections, because accessing services sometimes is not about how badly you want it, but about who you know uh, who can help you navigate uh, the bureaucracy and the intake process of those services. So, as an organization, we exist to sort of meet people where they are and then help them get where they want to go. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I, so I will uh, – I, I knew I was going to want to tell this story uh, quickly to try and introduce Josiah to Lake Forest people because uh, I, like, nine times out of ten, if I'm preaching, I'm, I oftentimes tell stories from the street. Um, and it was from the, the first full-time ministry gig I had, which was with Josiah uh, at City Relief. He was the director of outreach at the time. And, and so I want to say it was the first day I was on staff, but it was the first couple Uh, And we were at a particular outreach spot in Harlem and like, you know, I'm being trained. Like he's training me on all the logistical things you got to do and what to look out for. And you do this and you do that. Um, And there was this one dude, Lewis who regularly frequented the outreach. um, I think so. He was in a wheelchair. Did he have amputations because of diabetes?
2: Yeah, I I think so.
1: So either way he, so he's sitting there in the wheelchair and Josiah and I are talking and it also happened to be right down the street from a methadone clinic. So, Pretty regularly, people kind of pitch nods. Um, and so Lewis kind of goes out, you know, like head back, mouth open, just deep sleeping uh, right there while we're talking. And as we're talking, a pigeon flies by You see where I'm going <laughs> oh, no. and, and makes no. a deposit. And, and oh. thank you, Jesus. Oh. It hit like two centimeters left of his open mouth. Oh. But I mean, like caught him in the face. And so <laughs> so he sat. So just I stops talking. And he goes to get him napkins, right? And a big part of this ministry is everybody is created in the image of God. Treat Mm. them with love and dignity. Um, And I'm thinking, like, how cool. Like, he's stopping the important stuff he's doing to go grab napkins and help him maintain some dignity. And I expect him to come back, wake the guy up gently, and give him the napkins. But he doesn't. He lets him sleep and cleans his Mm. face for him. Mm. Um, Now, I've never actually seen Jesus wash, wash feet. But that's kind of the image that I get. Um, and so all of this stuff in my ministry career that I know about getting in the trenches with people, being messy, and just serving lovingly, uh, that stuff was all modeled at City Relief <coughs> through Josiah. Hmm. And now he wrote a book on it, which is super cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I I thought what would be fun for our people, and I don't think anyone's going to get offended by me saying Uh, Most Lake Forest folks, not all, but most are in a a mildly affluent position, right? Like most of us have decent jobs and life is going pretty well. And and the idea of having to sleep under a bridge is probably not something that we're always thinking about. Uh, But loving Jesus and wanting to live the way he lived is definitely something that we're always wanting to think about. And so I would love your perspective, Josiah, on the idea of the upside down kingdom. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, both theologically, but also just practically speaking, how might that look in
2: average Christian's life? Yeah, it's it's so good. I mean, my and first of all, you know, in terms of that story in particular, I mean, I I think the. the what was modeled to you that day through my actions was obviously modeled to me through like, so this is the beautiful thing about the kingdom, right? Is that um, we are all making disciples uh, one way or another, uh, right? We're we're either modeling something uh, productive and kingdom oriented, or we're modeling something that's sort of worldly and, and counterproductive, right? So um, I'm just grateful uh, for the, for the people that were ahead of me who helped me, Kind of you know be present uh when you see someone uh experiencing something that like a bird taking a dump on their face right um (laughs) so to answer your question though i think i think it's really good one because my my operating theory and um i'll go ahead and and just plug the book myself like just shamelessly i'm learning uh to, to 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 shamelessly plug my 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 book but um I wrote a book called Neighbors with No Doors, The Truth About Homelessness and How You Can Make a Difference. And the reason I wrote it is because I've been leading volunteers, as you know, Jeff, uh, for the last 12 years uh, from all over the place, right? Um, and volunteers come and serve with us and um, from, from every, every part of the country. And one of the things that I've observed is that people want to help. People want to uh, make a difference, but often don't know where or how To start, and so when I think about the upside down kingdom, and I think about what Jesus models for us as the original um, disciple, right, um, is Jesus demonstrates this reality that that you we are all called to follow Jesus. Like we're not called to be like professional Christians. Like we're not called to be like like ministry professionals. We're called to be disciples across the board. So whether you work in full time ministry or you're a tax accountant or you're a barista at Starbucks or whatever it is. You are equally called as a follower of Jesus to uh, to to be His hands and feet in, in a world that is really really hurting. And so, for me, what I what I see in sort of modeling that and how we can anticipate that when we think homelessness, even if we're not around the issue of homelessness, one of the things I talk about in my book is that homelessness really is the ocean where all rivers and streams of injustice sort of pool. When they are left unchecked and undeterred. Mm. So if you think about like, like mass incarceration as a as an issue, it, it's a there's an express lane from incarceration to homelessness. When you think about mental illness, you're talking about an express lane from mental illness to homelessness, uh, addiction, um, you know, abuse. Uh, all these things, uh, job loss, economic inequality, racism—these are all that like things that lead to homelessness. If, if you just let them go, if, like you're like in the easy river at the, you know, at, at the amusement park, and you just put your feet up, you will drift down the river to a place where you are now in a in a desperate situation. So, what I would encourage anyone—so whether you see homelessness around you, whether you, if you live in the suburbs or you live in a, an affluent area you have the option of addressing homelessness by being preventative and being intentional with your resources, with your time and with how you engage the people around you. Um, And so I would just say that everyone has a responsibility uh, as, especially followers of Jesus. Another thing, Jeff, Jeff, you've probably heard me say before, but um, you know, I say that, you know, not all Christians are called to serve the poor vocationally, but, All Christians, all Christians are called to serve the poor intentionally. And so what I would challenge your community with is, is if you're not actively finding ways within your community to help those who are marginalized or disenfranchised, you are missing out on what God could do in your life to transform the way you engage and the way you see people. Um, And so, and and it doesn't have to be serving in the streets under a bridge, although it may include that, um, but it can include any number of other things uh, that, that, but, but it will require you stepping out of sort of the current, using that, probably pushing that metaphor just a little too far, but stepping out of the current of what is your life sort of pulling you towards and saying, what is the current that God would have me step into um, and what are ways that I can actively get involved um, to, to, to love my neighbor as myself?
0: Hey, Josiah, what are, what are the biggest roadblocks that you see as you partner with people that are good intention Christ followers that think, in theory, that sounds awesome. Everything you just said, I fully agree with it. That's amazing. And then it comes to the step of figuring out actually doing it. Um, what are some of the places where you see people kind of trip up there? And what are, what are some of the ways that you've partnered with people of kind of breaking the ice on making this like a, a regular part of life for them and not just something super weird that like sounds like a good idea?
2: The first step is to recognize that you are not going to solve the problem. Um, you, so, so you should just eliminate that from your mind. Because I think, especially with homelessness and and with any big issue, whether it's trafficking or uh, foster care or or, or anything, like we build these issues up in our minds, I think, to be these massive, because they're big problems, right? They're societal problems. And then when we think about them through the lens of the scope of those problems, what that does is it paralyzes us because we don't know where to start. Hmm. So I would suggest to anybody, the first step is just starting small, sort of lowering the bar uh, for yourself. So, for example, if you do like what I I train volunteers to do here in the city where you see homeless people everywhere, uh, you know, in New York City, you just can't you can't go a block without bumping into someone who's who's experiencing homelessness. Um, I tell people you can't help everybody. You just can't. But what you can start with is acknowledging the people that you that you see so making eye contact smiling at them just greeting them with a hello like so so i would encourage so i would encourage anybody who you know is trying to follow jesus to say like what who are the people around you that you can make eye contact with who are the people around you that you can engage in, in a meaningful conversation and again i've seen just again i you know i I've seen Jeff do this over and over again in our history in terms of, again, what he brought as an outreach leader to City Relief, he brings to his pastoral ministry now in terms of seeing people and engaging them. So one of the things I tell church partners from like Indiana and Ohio, I'm like, listen, hopefully when you send volunteers to us to serve in the streets, they come back and they realize that if I can approach a homeless guy on the sidewalk in East Harlem, I can approach that, uh, that new person in the lobby of my church. And, and actually connecting the dots that says, it's not about whether a person's homeless or not, whether or not I can engage them, see them, love them, care about them. It's about the, the practice of, of being intentional and actually making the effort of, of stepping up and saying to someone, I see you, I acknowledge you. So so lowering the bar of expectation. You don't have to, you're not going to solve homelessness. You're, you're just not. I'm sorry. I wish, you know, I, I run, like Jeff said, a, you know, a substantive organization you know, we're not huge, but. We are multi-million. We got to raise millions of dollars to do what we do, um, and we're not solving homelessness. We're not, we're, but we are addressing the needs of real people in real time. Mm-hmm. And, and if you do a little bit, it can turn to a lot of it when we all work together. And that's the beauty of the church, I think. That you know the beauty of the body of Christ functioning as it was intended. You know, it talks about acts. Is there was no needy persons among them because the disciples would, would pool their resources. It's not because one person's resources was enough. It's because the collective of the resources being pooled is what allowed the substantive impact to be made on the, the low-income community at the time. So start small and do what you can do and don't minimize your efforts. So if it's volunteering once a month, if it's serving on the, you know, the greeting team or the people who are like welcoming people to your, 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 your faith community, Um, That's a big deal because people are walking past you every day who are hurting. Everyone is hurt. There's a lot of people right now. You don't have to be homeless to be hurting. Um, And so what we can practice with our homeless neighbors, anyone can practice with their neighbors, whether they're housed or not.
1: And uh, so I will say this about so some Lake Forest language, right, because I part of my job duties is teaching the, the membership class, for lack of a better way to put it. We won't even use the word member. We use the term ministry partner because the view is very much like, look, some of us get to be here 50, 60 hours a week. Some of us are here three hours a week, but we're in in partnership in whatever happens here and whatever we're doing in our lives. Um, And and what I, so I had, I don't know when this was, maybe a year ago, Uh, but on Sunday morning, sometimes I don't have responsibilities. I get to float around a little bit. Um, And if... We have a kind of a safety team that just keeps an eye on things. And if anyone gets hurt, helps them, all that stuff. Um, and if something out of the ordinary happens, they always come and make sure that I know what it is. And and so one of our elders came uh, and told me there was a gentleman who had showed up to service. Uh, seemed like maybe not in the best mental state, kind of disheveled, probably didn't have a, a place that he was staying right now. Um, and so I kind of said, oh, well, you know, show me where he is. Like, I'll go you know, ask him his name and spend time with him and stuff. He's like, oh, no, no, it's fine. Like this couple already went and bought lunch that they're sitting and eating with him. This person already went to get a bus ticket to take him back to where he's got to go. Like the body of Christ came around that person. And so it wasn't a burden on any one in particular person. It was just this collective effort. Hmm. Um, And the other thing that that we say a lot, and you alluded to it, and, and for sure I saw it so much, Uh, when people would come and serve at City Relief and go home. But like the main point of being on mission for God is so that you can realize God will use you. Like so that he can set you on fire and then your mission becomes your everyday life. Like the people you get coffee from, the people uh, there is, listen, I I live right across the street from the school my kids go to. um, And there is, uh, you're not allowed to make a left turn during drop-off time. And every morning people make a left turn and other people lose their minds on their horn. I feel like I'm back in the city Uh, and I've literally developed a habit of like praying for those people Hmm. in that car, which if you know anything about that school, you know, it's a good prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, But so it, it doesn't have to be these monumental things. It's a posture that I take that I'm actually an ambassador of Christ. And so, everyone I run into, I'm going to attempt to engage the way I think Jesus would engage them.
2: Yeah, and I, I would just add that you know you're you're looking at what you just described is, you know, what the body of Christ I believe was called to, to be right is is salt and light. Like salt and light when Jesus talks about that is not, you know, it, it's it adds flavor. It adds you know, visibility. Like, like it's not, it actually, it, it's not something that's sort of like miraculous. It's almost sort of mundane. Um, and I and I think that that is part of the, the challenge with, with Christian with, with just Christians in general, but like, I think anyone, like sometimes the act of loving your neighbor as yourself feels uh, mundane. It feels small. Um, and I think that what I've learned from homeless folks when I've learned from people who are in incredibly challenging situations is that, um, the mundane is actually where, uh, the majority of miracles happen. Mm. Um, and so if you, if you can set yourself up and start looking for miracles in the mundane, uh, you will, you will, you will be transformed.
1: Uh, so interesting. You say that the, the other thing I had just wanted to get your, your take on. So, We've been experiencing here in this church, in this community, just an overwhelming outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Like, he was always there, but I mean more visible and more obvious and more active in people's lives. Um, where where would you say, if you were trying to like connect to people, this idea of just engaging those around you on mission and the work of the Holy Spirit, I, what what are some practical things people might look for, uh, to be like it, like, is, is this the Holy spirit? Like, or, or am I just nuts? Like how would you put language around that?
2: Yeah. I mean, what I would encourage people to do is, is what I've found again, it's in my own journey is that the Holy spirit is very persistent. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I would, I would say if you are feeling a nudge or a, a particular level of compassion for someone that's out of the ordinary, um, I would say pay attention to that if it sticks, if it it doesn't go away, uh, if you hear, maybe I should go do this thing or this, uh, you know, the service opportunity or whatever, if you hear about something in different places, um, the Holy Spirit I've found is sort of like a full court press, right? Like, They'll, they'll, the, the Holy Spirit is not bound by time and space. So, like, just being able to, like, you talk to someone about something and, it, like, homelessness comes up. And then you are with your parents, and for some reason you're talking about something and homelessness comes up. Like, there are ways that the Holy Spirit just sort of like consistently and sort of from different sides and different sources will, will plug ideas. Um, I I have found that the Holy spirit and at least again, from a lot of, a lot of now, again, I'm not going to put boundaries on what the Holy spirit can do, but um, is often not, my experience is not very loud. Um, It's not very obnoxious. It's, uh, you know, the whole like bright light on the road to Damascus is not normative. Um, It's, it's more sort of persistent and uh, all encompassing and, um, and also, I would say it, it, it adds up to love, because um, the other thing, as I would say, is the Holy Spirit is never going to contradict uh, the, 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 the way of Jesus, because the Holy Spirit, the scriptures tell us, always points us to Jesus. So anything that the Holy Spirit is leading us to will be consistent with the way of Christ, um, which means that you, you should be, if it's telling you anything or leading you into a place where you're doing something that's not loving. Um, that's not compassionate. That's not grace-filled. It's probably not the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so identifying what are the things that, um, and, and the cool thing is, if you if you let that be your guide, um, if you let sort of the love, you know, filter and, and the consistency and sort of the multiple directionality of the voice of the voice of God that, that He uses, then when you act on those imp- the, those those nudges, those promptings. Um, if it's love if it's loving it does almost doesn't even matter if it's the holy spirit or not because if it's loving you're just doing what jesus taught you to do anyway and so like if it like if it, that may not end up being this big like breakthrough moment of oh i heard from god i acted and the cl- and the sea parted it might be that you tell somebody hey i just feel like god gave me a word to you know to encourage you i think you're doing a, you know you're doing great if you see a single mom who's struggling with you know, juggling the kids and the groceries and stuff. And you're like, you know, I just, just been hearing, like, maybe I should be more aware of the people around me and I should find a way to get involved and serve. And, and so I'm going to just take a, take a, take a chance here. I'm going to approach her and say, ma'am, would you like you know, a hand with those things? Or can I buy your pay for your bill? Or can I get you a, a cup of coffee or something? Like she may say, kick rocks. I can't believe you asked me that. I can't, I'm so offended that you would think I need your help. And you know what? And that would, and then you're like, man, was that the Holy Spirit? Was I just like, maybe I'm just imagining things. Guess what? doesn't matter because if you were doing, if it was loving and you felt that nudge, like you don't know, she may walk away from that experience, think back on it and be like, man, I wonder what, like, you just have no idea what God's going to do with that. Um, so I would say, you know, just recognizing the voice of God with through those that lens of, of is it loving am I, am I getting this from multiple sources? Is it consistent with scripture, the way of Christ? And, um, is it, is it persistent? Those are all just a few off the top of my head that I would suggest people pay attention to.
1: Awesome. Um, so I will, I get, I get no commission unless you want to work it out. Um, but I did, I, I read Josiah's book because it's not super long and I'm not a good reader. Um, but I, I really, there are, Principles, it was so good that music is playing in the background. That was the angel choir in the background. (laughs) Um, But there are some really great principles in there uh, that get right to the root of the dignity of humanity and what it means to to value that in other people. Um, So I would definitely suggest it. I do thank you uh, for coming in and hanging out. I really appreciate that.
2: Oh, it's it's my pleasure. Again, I, I, I wrote the book so that people who are living their lives and who aren't thinking about homelessness all the time will we'll have a frame of reference. So I tried to make it very accessible. Um, it's almost entirely stories, um, because that's, you know, people love stories and that's what Jesus did. So I'm not smarter than Jesus. Um, but I would, again, appreciate anyone who's interested in learning about how they can uh, engage the issue of homelessness more, pick up a copy. If you can find it on the Amazon and Barnes and Noble online and, um, and I just appreciate the opportunity to chat with you guys. And, and Jeff, you were crushing it, man. It was, it was, I consider it one of the privileges of my life to have uh, gotten the chance to work with you uh, Thanks, in the streets of New York and New Jersey. So always still, a pleasure. Still rocking swag. <laughs>
0: Love
2: it. Hey, tell, Love
0: us it. The, tell us the name one more time your book, Josiah, as we wrap up.
2: So the book is called Neighbors With No Doors, The okay. Truth About Homelessness and How You Can Make a Difference
0: fantastic awesome hey thank you again Josiah. i appreciate it thank you all for jumping in and uh, listening and hanging with us we will catch you next time on the ask lc podcast see you guys